now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block, Austin Norman and Eric Strickland with you for another half an hour or so. Uh, Jay Foreman traveling. He'll be on old school starting at five. So uh, we'll welcome DPN for a little bit of crossover here in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, again, this is one of those days where I love what I do, but more importantly, who I get to do it with. Former NBA player, nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. I think this is a perfect conversation to have with you. And forgive me if I don't know exactly what the right question to ask is, but Again, just kind of want to pick your brain on this. So JJ Redick has a podcast and recently he had Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner on, on his podcast, chatting with him about all sorts of stuff. But at one point, the conversation turned strict to talking about, you know, carving out a role, finding a role, um, finding a way to, to be your best self in the midst of that as well. Okay. At one point in this conversation, Evan Turner I don't, I don't know if I want to say admits or, or says that he feels like he devalued and diminished his own NBA career. Why, you might ask? He says he was too bought into the idea of being what the coach wanted instead of playing his game. Evan Turner was that dude in college. AP Player of the Year, two-time All-Big Ten, Big Ten Tournament MVP, Wooden Award winner. Evan Turner was a baller. Six-seven guard, could shoot it okay good handle, good passing, goes into the league, gets drafted, and doesn't pop right away. But as he describes it, you know, he kept trying to be what the coaches wanted. He kept trying to be a good teammate, fill a role. And he doesn't call himself a bust, but he says he diminished what he thought his career could have been. Interesting. Okay, his opinion. And I think that fits to some degree with what you've said about international guys when they go play for their home country. It's about opportunity. Maybe Evan Turner never had that opportunity, but I think it's fascinating he would say that on the same stage as Andre Iguodala, who really has become kind of that consummate role player who took that step back from Philly to join Golden State, wasn't the star, got his accolades though, got his praise for being the key in that lineup, right? Never scored like Steph, never shot like Clay, never defended you know the same way Draymond did in the post. Just a good, solid role player who stepped up in a big moment. And J.J. Redick, who broke a lot of scoring records, a lot of shooting records, most hated player in college basketball at Duke, came in was just a movement shooter off the ball. That was his career. It just struck me as two vastly different approaches to carving out a role in the NBA. Evan Turner wishes he didn't. Andre Iguodala is still playing because he has. <clears throat> wow, uh, that's a weighted question. But I'm glad you got a question from that. I was just kind of rambling because I didn't know what to make. No, that, that, <laughs> that, that's that's very heavy and it's weighted. So let, let me let me give it from a perspective of I was blessed to both be a starter, to be a six man, a role role guy off the bench, and to be a support guy where you just you know you're more support if they need you they they put you in do the do a certain job. Um, there are certain types of people, there are stars, there are niche players. Uh, for example, a niche player would be like Bo Outlaw. Um, a niche player would be like, uh, Ben, uh, Ben Wallace. Mm. A niche player would be like Dennis Rodman, even Draymond Green to an extent niche. 
Sure. There, there's a, a niche player from um, a, a guard position would be like a Jock Vaughn. Uh, would be um, in today or uh, Ricky Rubio. Guys like that, they they're, they're do something well from the position. Uh, they pass, they distribute, they run. Jamal Tinsley, niche player, right? Um, another niche player is like, like you say, J.J. Redick, um, McDermott. Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver. They're straight Pykowski. They're straight mm-hmm. come off, find room, shoot. Okay. Then you get into stars. Stars, there's something within a star that helps them to be built. Kobe came in the same year as as we did, but he came in with a swag that you knew with the worth ethic it was going to be there. Dirk came in a little bit different with a humility stance, just trying to find his way, not really trying to step out, but you knew that once he got it, he got it. Jokovic, same thing. So you have guys that are stars. Some come in with that swag, i.e. Vince Carter's, mm. Michael Jordan's, because the old, the old guard, when they saw him, they knew. They was like, he's him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So when you're that, and then there's those guys that the coach says, you're going to be him for me. Mm. That's your Gilbert Arenas's. That's your uh, Andre Iguodala's. Now let's get to let's get to um, Evan Turner. Then there's those guys that kind of come in. They're 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 good, but they don't pan out because there's nothing harder to do than to try to please someone. And it doesn't matter who it is you're trying to please. If in a relationship, at a job, because you're you, it comes off that way, and you you're you become tight. You're trying to figure out what they want, and then you're going through this cycle of no, they don't want that. No, they want this, and now you're confused, and so you're just not able to play free. And that's how Steve Nash was for a while. And, and when we were with Dallas, I could see it all over his face. It was so difficult for him to uh, um, figure it out that he was who he was at Santa Clara. He, he was trying to do all of the right stuff. And when I left, the freedom, the chains came off because he was just able to get into his mojo, start throwing passes that he felt confident, didn't have to worry about if it didn't land. <laughs> So there's certain guys like that, and I think Evan Turner just found himself in that position where he was trying too hard to please and not play. It, I hope I answered that question. I don't know it it does, and I think that's definitely what he was getting at. And then it comes to, was that the right choice, right? We put a lot of value, I think, as a society on being selfless, right? And being a good teammate of fitting into that team construct of, of playing the role to, to amplify everyone else around you. But I think it's fair to say, Strick, not everyone's wired that way. And that's not necessarily wrong, right? right? Some teams need an alpha. Some teams need a killer where they're not going to take a backseat to anyone. And you hope there are enough guys that, that you know, quote unquote, know their role around him to amplify him. 
But I think I, I really like the Evan Turner example. McDermott's another good one. JJ Reddick on the podcast. Those guys dominated in college, but you can see how they would do that in college. But relative to the NBA, they couldn't get away with the same stuff because the bar is raised. Like McDermott mm. isn't that athletic. The handle isn't there. JJ Reddick has a negative wingspan. Again, not a lot of handle, didn't play a lot of point. So just because they were stars in college doesn't necessarily mean. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. That it translates up to that next level. Evan Turner, I think, is also an illustrative example because he came in with the, the right before and during the, you know, trust the process 76ers. Not a lot of pieces around him to allow him to thrive, right? They want him to be a ball handling kind of wing guard type of guy. You pass the ball to the corner, guy's going to break an open corner three, your numbers look worse. And then you're a worse passer because your assist numbers aren't up. Or you're not shooting as well because you have to create for yourself, mm -hmm. right? The context around the teams that these guys are placed into has to matter. Yeah. It has to matter because then you get that that reputation, right? From, from, from coaches, from GMs, from scouts, oh, this guy doesn't do this well, this guy can't do that. Well, maybe he can. It's everyone else around him. But if you're two, three, four years into your career, Evan Turner was labeled a bust. Whether he was or not is up for debate. But you have to take into context the situation of jumping from college to the pros. And then you mentioned the coaches last time. Who's the coach? Do they believe in you? Who, what are they pushing for for you? Yeah, and then that's when, you, that's when your agent's got to be good, right? Mm, that's another angle. Yeah, yeah talk, you, talk to me. So your agent's got to be good good at identifying systems that are beneficial to your style. Um, I think that's where I, I was a great beneficiary of. Uh, I, I would have been with the same agent. His name was Raymond Brothers. He was good. He was Jamal Tinsley's agent. But that, that was where the conflict came in because we're two point guards on the same team. And, you know, that's a conflict of interest. I had to change, I had to change uh, agents because is he really going to advocate for me the same as he's going to advocate for Jamal? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jamal's right. the starting point guard of the Indiana Pacers. You know what I mean? So, um, though, though, you know, sometimes that could be a, a take it, take, be an account of, of issues as well. But the agent has to be good enough to observe and see and watch those little 
intricacies of, of issues with the team and, and the style and have those discussions and what is it that you want from him so that then he can relay the message so that you can begin to target how you want to uh, play in the freedom of you of your style of play. The other guy that got brought up during this conversation, this was more one-on-one between uh, Redick and Iguodala, was Jordan Poole. And I think that's a good example, too, because Jordan Poole was that guy a little bit in college. Steph goes out. He becomes that guy in Golden State. He's second on their team in scoring. But what Andre Iguodala said was Jordan Poole basically didn't read the room in Golden State. He had his moment and then wondered why he couldn't do or get away with the same things that Steph and Clay and Draymond did. So Andre Iguodala said, yeah, the talent's there. Like the dude was the second leading scorer on the Warriors. Like we know he can get buckets, but he forgot that he's not Steph, that he's not Clay, that he's not Draymond. And this is where I think we have to go back to something you've said, right? You know, your teacher in high school, you're struggling in a class, you go into them just to prove you're there to help. You call it playing the game, right? How many guys don't play the game, right? They could be a star, but they're winning. They, they could be, you know, a superstar, but they're sacrificing for the team. I don't think there's a right answer or a wrong answer of, do I, do I you know, accept or buy into this role? Do, do I push for myself? I think a lot of it comes down to what's the situation you're in and how do you handle it? That's a great, that's a great, um, great question as well, because here's the thing. That can work for stars, but that can also work, work to a huge benefit for role players. For example, I played with a guy named, um, I played for a guy, uh, with a guy named Damon Jones. And Damon Jones was just a long long time you know journeyman and made it didn't make it uh could shoot but could run a team but what he could really do is run his freaking mouth (laughs) so he had everybody in the locker room laughing he had everybody giggling then he ends up getting real close to lebron james has a good long career and he followed lebron because lebron was like i like him that's my dude yeah that's Mm -hmm. my guy so he goes from Miami to Cleveland with him, right? And he mm-hmm. ends up coaching there. Uh, you you could say the same thing for guys like Teron Lou. Teron Lou is in the position that he was because he was like an extended arm of of the head coach. Doc Rivers was one that took an, a good liking to him when they were at Atlanta together, and Teron just played a role. Teron just played his role. He knew in L.A. Uh, I'm here to do a job. That's to defend and you know, take opportunities as they come, but mostly to defend. He goes out to Washington. He has to run a show a little bit, goes down to Atlanta, just distribute the ball. He never was called on to do anything more than what he was called on to do. But guess what? It lands him favor with the coach. Cause the coach was like, you do what I like. I appreciate you. Let me keep you around. And he ends up being one of the better coaches in the NBA now because of it. Right. That's where too, I think that perspective it, it, regardless of if you're a star athlete or, you know, you're just, you know, working a nine to five, right? Not seeing that payoff right away, I'm sure can be difficult, right? You, you feel like you're, you're being the good soldier. You're falling in line, following orders, whatever, you know, you want to say. And maybe you're not making LeBron money. Maybe you're not, you know, getting your, your name on SportsCenter all the time. But that's where I think there's a lot to be said for, for being comfortable with yourself in your own skin, in your own shoes. In, in always pushing for more, pushing to be better, having that belief you could do it, but also accepting the reality of your situation and making the best of it, right? Those two mm-hmm. things don't have to be opposite. They can no. work together. No, uh, unnamed texter 4491 has a great, great breakdown. He says, 
What is it that a player like you know, Udonis Haslam on mm-hmm. the Heat, uh, Jawan Howard before him, the Heat is just one of those type of organizations where they really, really take care of their own. Uh, consistently getting re, re, uh, re-signed. What do you have to do as a player where the organization still wants to pay you without seeing the court? That That just has to do with what you gave to the team uh it's it's similar to years of service like in the armed forces and they take care of those who have given of service for a long period of time and their pensions look pretty good like my dad's pension is pretty solid you know Mm -hmm. being a lieutenant colonel and almost you know 20 i think 24 years or something like that so you 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 Udonis Haslam is just one of those guys where this everybody in the locker room loves him. He and is, respects him. He, respect. He's a leader. He you know if you really remember, he's the one that checked Jimmy Butler said, "Yo, you better get up on some get right because mm. you know we need to handle you. You know I'm I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you, I don't know if that was exactly what was said, but that's the result. The gist of it, right? <laughs> so he's that guy for that team, and and that's what they love. They love they love those type of individuals and they'll keep them around because they're good support guys and they don't mind taking care of their own. Yeah. And I think it's important too that they love him. He's a good locker room guy, yeah. but also they respect him, right? Because there are plenty of guys that are well liked in the NBA that get shipped off to the G League or, or traded somewhere else, even That's if they're fact. good for the locker room. It doesn't hurt that Udonis Haslam could still play, put up some numbers in a couple of games at the end of last season. But it has to go beyond more than just being a good guy and people liking you, yeah. right? That, that that respect, that ability to check Jimmy Butler, you don't get that overnight. Like, it plays into it, and it takes the, the right circumstance, right? That, that might not have happened anywhere else except in Miami with that player in that role. Right. That's a fact. Good stuff. Thanks for helping me work through that, Sticky. Yeah, Appreciate no the perspective. Um, good stuff there. Again, if you want to listen back to that, I would highly recommend it. Go check out the podcast. That'll be up uh later tonight for you. We'll step aside. We'll see if DP wants to cross it over. If not, uh, we'll wrap up on the block next.